Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shuman Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Yatshalom. We're now in Masachet Yoma Daf Yod Aleph Amud Aleph. As a tangent to the previous discussion about the Lashachot, the different offices in the Azaran, which had a Mezuzah and why, and the Machloket of Yudon Chachamim, we're now going to investigate the mitzvah of Mezuzah itself. Tanu Rabbanan, Bish'arecha. The Torah says, Uchtavtama al Mezuzot Petecha Bish'arecha. Echad sha'arei vatim, echad sha'arei chatzirot, echad sha'arei medinot, echad sha'arei ayarot, any sort of gates, whether to houses, to courtyards, to walled cities, to open cities, yesh ben chovat mitzvah lamakom. There has a, has an obligation to have a mezuzah. Shum shinamar, taftam amazuzot pitachom sharech. Amale abaye le rav safran, commenting on this brighter. Hane avule de mechuzah, maitam alo avzul rabbanon mezuzah. Since the city of Mechoza, Rava's town, is a majority Jewish, why aren't the gates of Mechoza decorated or, de- or nated, or adorned, if you will, with a mezuzah? They're really actually set up there not for themselves, but to strengthen the piece above it. That piece above it should have it. There's a guard there, the warden. If a Beit Knesset has a residence for the uh, Gabai, then it needs a Mezuzah. Same thing here. Alam Rabaye says there's a different reason. Mishum Sakana, because of danger of our neighbors. A personal mezuzah has to be checked twice every seven years. A public mezuzah has to be checked, nonetheless, but every 50 years, twice every 50 years, but nonetheless has to be checked. And the concern is that they see us checking it, they'll think that we're involved in witchcraft and hexes, and therefore we don't do it. There was some sort of a uh, mezuzah checker who was checking the public uh, mezuzah in the shuk of Tzipori. And one of the Roman officers saw him and took money from him. Evidently, it led to bad stuff. So we don't do it publicly. Parenthetically, Rabbalazar famously said that if you're on your way to do a mitzvah, you can't be harmed. Why was this fellow harmed? If there is inherent danger and in the act, and even though Ishluchim Mitzvah, nonetheless have to be careful. The famous proof text from when Shaul uh, would have killed Shmuel had he known that Shmuel was going to Beit Lechem to anoint David. So, so when Shmuel says, I can't go to Beit Lechem to anoint the new king, one of Yishai's sons, uh, because Shaul will hear that and will kill me. Hashem uh, accedes to that uh, concern and says, okay, so take an animal and say that you're coming to bring a korban. Now, we have Machlok at Rav Kahana and Rav Yehuda, students of Rav, about the nature of, about certain uh, peripheral type uh, residences, not residences, but uh, houses and sheds, and their uh, obligation of mezuzah. Tani Rav Kahana came to Rav Yehuda. So Rav Kahana brought this brighta in front of Rav Yehuda. Sheds of different sorts for grain and for animals and for wood, etc. Because women prepare themselves there. Now, Rav Kahan himself interpreted my neotot, rochatzot, they wash there. He says, in other words, the reason that we can't put a mezuzah there is it's inappropriate because the women are naked inside when they're washing, so you don't put a mezuzah like we don't put one on a bathroom or a bathhouse. I'm with Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda turned to him and said, Tama durochatzot, you think it's only because they bathe there, hastama chayavin, if not, then would be chayav. We say that a barn is patur. Ela mai neotot, uh, mitkashtot. 
It means that they uh, dress there. In other words, it's not a regular residence. They just duck in there to pretty themselves up. So it's so these are inherently exempt. So the Brita means to say that even though the women uh, pretty themselves up there or dress themselves up there, to read, still it's not a residence. So we have an essential machloket about these sort of rooms that are buildings, that have the proper structure, that are used for human purpose but not for sleeping, and whether or not they're chayav. The same bright that you just quoted, that a barn is patur, there's an add-on, which is that if women go in there to dress, it's chayav. So Rav Yudah, you must agree with me, that it's a machloket tanaim, because your bright versus my bright whether such a place is pachayav. So therefore, I'll say the same thing, that a stam circumstance is a machloket tanaim. And I'll show it to you. Your house where you actually live. Except and excluding these storehouses, which are exempt. Like you say, Rav Yudah. Some people say the chayav. Like I say, so it's a machloket. So the halacha is that any place where people are naked, like a beit or a place that has terrible smells, like a tannery, etc., or places that women are neotot there, when so this is support of Kahana's contention, neotot means washing, are patur minamzuzat. Now the problem with this statement is that it doesn't really conform with either one of them. So let's see. Rav Kahana Matarit Satame, Rav Yudam Matarit Satame. Each will have to explain it according to his own approach. Rav Kahana Matarit Satame, Beitcham Beitcham Yuchad Lachah Prat LeBeitavem Beitavakav Beitavitzim Beitavotzarot Shepturim Min Hazuzah Bistam. So Rav Kahana will say a place like that is essentially exempt. V'yeshem Machayvim Bistam. And some people are Machayev in a case of Stam. And that's what he represented earlier. And if it weren't for the fact that the women washed, it'd be chayav. So according to Rav Kahan, it's difficult because according to him, that neotot is rochatzot. It's the same as a merchatz. So the answer is ashmin merchatz to rabbi, ashmin merchatz to yachid. There's a beit merchatz, a public bathhouse, and then there's this place that a woman might go in to clean up and wash up. Wash up meaning like take a shower. Because I might have thought a public bathhouse which has lots of bad smells. Maybe there's a mizuzah there. There's not. That's how Rav Khan would learn that brighter. He'd read it as follows. Meaning that these places are patur, even if women use them occasionally for their own needs, but they don't sleep there. Some people say you're chayav if they dress there, but not if they don't use it at all. Everybody would agree they're patur if they have no use. Because there's a lot of smell. And so Rav Yehuda, therefore, is not address, says that is not addressing an issue where an individual woman might, might bathe. Rav Yehuda, Stam, kol patur. Will he agree that in a case of Stam, all will agree it's patur? This is now an add-on to the bright that we saw at the beginning. And that includes a barn. So, Yachol, Shanim, Rabbe'af. 
I might think even to include the gate to an outside portico. It has to be a place of residence. Those things are not residence, they're places to sit outside. I might think to include even those places that are connected to a residence but have foul smells. The house is a place of kavod. As opposed to they're not for dignified purposes, but for necessary purposes that are not dignified. I might now think to include Harabayit and Lashachot in the Mikdash, which of course is what led to this whole discussion, and the Azarot, the courtyards. Just like a Bayit is Chol, is mundane. Anything that's chol yatsu elushen kodesh as opposed to these that are kodesh tiyufta. So this certainly se- seems to disprove that you could say that stam. Every all would agree that it's patur uh, such a place because here you see that um, that barns etc. are chayav according to this opinion. Okay, Tanav Shmuel Yehuda Kamei Rava. So he brought this to Rava. Shisha Sharim Turim There's six kinds of gates that are exempt. Beit Ha'Tevan, Beit Ha'Bakar, Beit Ha'Itzim, Beit Ha'Tzorot. Those are the storehouses we saw. Sharei Hamadiv, Sharei She'enu Mekor, Sharei She'enu Mekorat. V'Shar She'enu Gavoa Asara, and a gate which is um, is uh, is not ten high. But going back, Sharmadi is like a gate of a uh, dome, and Sharshin Mekorat means a gate where there's no roof over it. Now, problem is. You said six, and now we listed seven. Marle patachta b'shishala salka b'shivas. So Rava turns to him and says, "You announced six, and you gave seventh. My sharmadi tanaihi. The answer is that that dome is actually machloket tanaim. Tanya kipa remeir mechayev muzav chum potrim. If you have a kipa, meaning an archway, remeir says yechayev chum say potov. Shavuim shimish pragla asarash chum muzav. They both agree that if there is a, if the upright part of it is ten high, even though it curves afterwards, yechayev. He says, all agree that if it's ten high, but there's not three at the base, then it's nothing. The opposite. If there's a base of three, it doesn't go up ten. If there's a base of three and it goes up ten, then there's a machlokah. The problem is it's not four wide. But you could carve in where the curve happens and make it for theoretically. We saw this machloket in Shabbat and in Eruvin. Whether we imagine it to be opened up or not, or Meir says we do, and therefore we include where it's chayav. A Beit Knesset is chayav. A house owned by a woman is chayav, and one owned by a partner is chayav. Pshita. That's obvious. And the answer is, I might have thought, Beitacha is below Beita, not her house. Beitacha below Batehem, not their houses, so partners are out. So, Kamash Malan. Why don't I learn that way? Because that parsha ends with the promise that you will have a long life. What, women don't need a long life? Partners don't need a long life? So, I didn't say Beitacha. It tells you, if it's Beitecha, it's the way in. Since you always start with your right foot, therefore you put the mezuzah on the right door, on the right mezuzah, on the way in. The way, Beitecha. And now we see an association, as I put in the note, 
between the uh, the responsibility from Zuzah and the uh, vulnerability to Nigaim. So such houses could be Metameh ben Nigaim. Pshita, so it's obvious. Maudetem avasher lo habayit. Again, we're going to look at the masculine singular. Lo velola, lo velola hen. I might think that it has to be his house and not her house, and his house and not their house. So Kamash Malan, that it still is Metam ben Nigaim. Ve'machinami, why don't I learn that way? Amakrab, beit beveit eretz achuzatchem. The beginning of the parsha is v'natati negat sarat beveit eretz achuzatchem. I'll put negat sarat in the house. Uh, in the houses of the land that you own. So what's low, therefore? So low is actually teaching something of an ethical lesson here, which is, who does God afflict? Somebody who keeps his house to himself and doesn't ever lend anything to anybody else and Keep saying he doesn't have anything, so Hakadosh Baruch Hu publicizes it by making him do the process, the procedure of of taharat uh, in which he has to take everything out of the house, and then everybody sees that he really had this stuff. Wait a second, it's what is a bit Knesset vulnerable to negayim? Tanya chol you about taking it over time in Yerushalayim, time in negayim, tabelom avasher lo abayit mishmiuchadlo. A house that belongs to a person. Yatsu elu shem yuchadin lo bet Knesset bet hamidrash do not own aren't owned by anybody. So Lokash, Harabir, Harabanan. That's the Machloket, the Talmud. A Knesset, Sheish Babeti Rala Chazan Knesset. If it has a month for the, uh, for the Chazan, for the Gabai, Chav Zuzav, Shein Babeti Rala, Rameir Machayev Chav Potrim. If it doesn't have a residence, Rameir says, still Chayav Chav, say you're exempt. Both Rabbanan. Lokash, Hadid Babeti Rala, Delay Babeti Rala. If a Bey Knesset has a Dira, it has. If not, not. Could be both cases where there is no Dira. If it's in a big city where a lot of people have access to it, uh, then it may be vulnerable. But the kfarim of the village is not. But it's not, uh, sorry, the opposite. In the krachim, since it's owned by the public, it therefore would not be vulnerable to negaim. So krachim is not vulnerable. Tanya, achuzatchem, achuzatchem, etamah ben negaim, veinu shalayim etamah ben negaim. Yushalayim is the only one that's exempt. That the only exemption I heard was Makom Mikdash. Sounds like a shul and a, and a Beit Medrash Armitamate. Even though they're in big cities. So how could you, the last distinction you made between Krachim and Krafarim doesn't work. So Not Mikdash, but Mikudash, meaning a Beit Knesset, a Beit Medrash. Those are all exempt according to that approach. Okay, Raikami Palgi. What is the essence of this machloket about Yushalayim? Tanakama Savim, Tanakama Rebuda. Tanakama Savim, Yushalayim, Nunchalkali Shvatim. After all, it's Bevet Eretzachuzatchem, and therefore, it's only in areas were given to the different tribes. Yushalayim was not given to any tribe. It's a national city, not international, national city. Rebuda Savar, Yushalayim, Nunchalkali Shvatim. He holds that it was. It's the same machloket we have. The Tanya Maya, Bechokoshil Yuda. What was Yuda's portion? Of the Mikdash, Har Habayit, Alashachot, Vazarot. So the whole Harabayit, the offices, and the Azarot, the courtyard. What was the Binyam means, Chelek? The Ulam, the Hechal, Beit Kotshakarashin, the actual building. So I tell you, it's Satan, Chalkoshul Yudam, Nechazat, the Chalkoshul Binyamin. There was a little strip of territory that went into Binyamin's land. That's where the Mizbeach was. So Binyamin had the Mikdash, Yudam had the Mizbeach. 
When Yonah Tzadik himself wanted to capture that every day, the Baruch of Binyamin, he's hovering over all day, because he had this great desire to have the Mishkan Mikdash built in his territory, that's why he ended up meriting it. That God rests between his shoulders, as it were. Right? The Tanya ain't maskirin batim b'shalayim. But so that's that's the one Tana who Rabbi Yehuda is adopting that position. Um, that. Uh, that Yerushalayim is mitchalek l'tshvatim, and therefore in a game could happen. And how we have another bright um, where it says Yerushalayim not in chalkalishvatim. You're not allowed to rent out houses in Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim doesn't belong to anybody. Not even beds. If somebody brings a korban, they come back with a pelt. The people who let them stay in their house forcibly take those, at least as some payment. For having let them stay there because they can't actually collect rent. So you see, it's derech eretz to leave something behind of your own gift for your for your host. But going back to the distinction we made, since when are houses in kfarim subject to negayim? So we're talking about the the, this, the uh, separation of the land, and it has only when you conquer it, and you divide it by tribes, and you divide it up into bateavot, and you divide it up into particular families, and everybody knows they recognizes their place. So uh, so until you actually have a specific place, then it's not yours, which means you can't say because it is. Therefore, we have to go to one of the earlier answers that we gave, um, which is whether or not it has a residence or doesn't have a residence. Uh, a Beit Knesset that has a residence is uh, subject to Negaim, but one that does not, uh, does not. Okay, um, and uh, we'll pause at this point. We're going to go now to, in the next podcast, to the concern about um, of uh, the understudy Kohen. We'll do with that in the next podcast. Anytime you should have a wonderful day.